Welcome to the Green Sky Social Work Podcast. My name is Green Sky and I'm a clinical social worker in private practice and a social work college professor. This is part eight of a 10-part series on the very serious topic of suicide geared toward anyone interested in learning more about this issue. So for part eight um, today, we will discuss suicide intervention. Okay, so what you'll find is that the therapeutic focus for individuals who are contemplating suicide, have had previous attempts of suicide, or maybe at high risk based on assessment um, for um, committing suicide. Um, Really what's happening with individuals in this sort of situation is that they are under a severe amount of psychological pain and hurt. So that should be the focus. The focus should be dealing with this crisis. And believe it or not, as soon as the crisis is minimized, thoughts of suicide ends. Wanting to commit suicide as the only way out, that ends as soon as the crisis ends. So what you'll find is that the therapeutic work will include questions, where do you hurt? How can I help you? Because with suicide, um, people are under a great deal of pain, people are under a great deal of stress, and people are under a great deal of agitation. Um, And the National um, Institute of Health provides lots of education and studies on how therapy and group therapy can actually help. So a very famous study examined uh, three groups. Uh, One group of individuals who were thinking about suicide and had previous attempts of suicide, they were put in a placebo group. So a placebo group is a group where, you know, either it's a weightless group or maybe very minimal amount of um, treatment is done with this group. Um, So they're done on a wait list. um, And so they have a placebo group. Then they'll have another group where it's uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. So group cognitive behavioral therapy. So there's another group um, where individuals are receiving cognitive behavioral therapy in a group setting. Another group, a third group is the Prozac group. So this particular group, all they did was use drugs. They didn't get treatment in any other way. All they received is um, some sort of drugs such as Prozac to help to control their thoughts. And then a fourth group was the combination group. This group um, received both group therapy and they received um, Prozac. So the placebo group did receive, I just want to clarify, the placebo group did receive some counseling and, you know, safety planning and all of that, but they did not participate in the cognitive behavioral group. Um, they didn't receive any sort of drug. And then, um, again, the fourth group received a combination of cognitive behavior therapy and the, and received Prozac. So what we found, believe it or not, was that the placebo group doing absolutely nothing but just light counseling. The placebo group improved 24.8%. The cognitive behavioral therapy group, they received group, um, the improvement was 
5% improvement. The Prozac group, the group that did not receive any sort of therapy or treatment, all they received was drugs, that improved 60%. And combination, so the combination group that received Prozac and cognitive behavioral therapy, that improved 71%. So if a client doesn't respond to treatment within four to six weeks, you do refer to a psychiatrist, okay? Even those in the um, cognitive behavioral and the placebo group. So that's a little caveat. But what does this tell us? This tells us that treatment works. That people, even if you did nothing, 24% improvement in people just by doing nothing. And um, so sometimes you're in this crisis and the crisis can just go away on its own and you can you can increase your situation by a quarter. OK, so um, treatment works and combination of cognitive behavioral treatment and some sort of drugs also works. Another form of treatment is really just what you will find is that the person dealing with suicide is to. Um, Educate them, educate on them on the latest research about um, why individuals um, want to be in the situation where they want to end their own life. And so what's normally done is that you have a lot of empathy. You have to give that person a lot of empathy of their thoughts, the feelings, and to also educate them on the fact that we do get a brain disease. You know, and teaching them about changes in your serotonin levels and dopamine levels in the brain, that it's a chemical thing in the brain. That yes, you're going through this crisis, but it's also a brain. All that research on the cortisol and stress hormones, you know, educating them. And also at the same time, having empathy, you know, can reduce some of the shame and guilt that many people feel. Also understanding um, people's willingness to try medications or cognitive behavioral therapy, teaching clients that chronic anxiety, insomnia, stress, the fight or flight syndrome, and how you respond to that, you know, teaching them on that's what's happening in your brain also helps in terms of intervention. And it basically dispels the distorted belief that people have that things just won't get better putting that hope in them and treating them with dignity and respect and letting them know, yes, it can get better. What also has been um, shown to really improve in terms of treatment is to incorporate sensory stimulation. Research has shown that this helps not only just with um, individuals who are competing contemplating suicide, but also individuals who self-harm, individuals who are depressed, even individuals who have dementia and Asperger's. So this is an intervention that has been helpful for a lot of people, as well as individuals who are thinking about, um, who are dealing with crises and they feel like everything is out of control. Sensory stimulation. So different techniques such as wrapping up in a warm blanket, especially when you feel angry, um, taking a hot shower, you know, those stress balls people have, like, you know, squeezing a stress ball. Um, research has found that mindfulness practices such as like blowing bubbles, um, a rocking chair, aromatherapy like lavender, soothing, listening to soothing music, um, 
candles, playing with clay, sand, sounds of the ocean, like surrounding yourself with stuffed animals, having a comfort room or a comfort place where people can go so that they can relax and start to feel their bodies again. Um, fish tanks, you know, having a fish tank and that sort of ambiance around you are things that you can do to kind of relieve some of the stress that you're in. Um, you know, we know that um, it's important to not only have some coping skills, but also a way to identify some of the risk factors. What are some of the things that triggers you that makes you feel that you're out of control in managing that, coming up with a management plan? You know, do you need to, have to go into treatment for alcohol? Do you need to, you know, control your drinking? Do you need to really consider and think about what to do with guns? You know, I, I don't want to say that people should not have guns in their house, but what can we do? Should we have the bullet stored in the garage and the actual gun itself stored um, in a cabinet somewhere so that you can separate the bullet and the gun so that you can give yourself time to think things through? Because they say that when you have a loaded gun in the house that you can just lose control and impulsively want to um, shoot yourself and kill yourself. So, you know, coming up with some sort of exercise, relaxation, managing, have some sort of a plan for managing weapons, you know, and identify what some of the risk factors are ahead of time so that you can incorporate things that you can do that will help you, such as deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, visualizing a safe place. All of these mindfulness techniques is incorporated basically in cognitive behavioral therapy. Also, you know, just looking at your plan, you know, looking at how do you want your life to be? You know, maintain daily activities. What sort of activities do you want to eliminate in your life and what sort of activities do you want to have? You don't want to be isolated. You want to avoid isolation. Um, use significant others as part of your plan. Do not use guilt, you know, managing feelings of guilt and putting guilt on others. Finding a way to increase your time with significant others. Discussing the good times that you've had in your life and if, you know, reframing them in a way where, you know, maybe you've learned something from this situation. Assisting individuals in becoming more conscious of some of your triggers that lead to thoughts of suicide. Developing a plan to manage those, um, such as relaxation techniques and deep breathing and cognitive behavioral therapy and kind of um, reframing some of your negative thinking. Emphasize day-to-day -day living, living in the moment, explaining benefits of therapy and coping skills has always been helpful in the treatment. Um, and one last point to make about treatment is that um, sometimes... Um, diet and exercise can make a big um, difference. Dealing with rage, talking about depression is really rage turned inward. Educating family members on the warning signs, coming up with a treatment plan, how to assess a clinician or someone in case of an emergency, and educating family um, on this um, involuntary commitment process in case things um, get out of control. My name is Green Sky. Thank you for listening to the Green Sky Social Work Podcast.